0: You're listening to The Geek Watch Podcast, Episode 18, with trailers that we saw and didn't see, plus a triple shot of What the Dead.
1: This is The Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie.
0: Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 18 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie.
1: Hey, Brian, 18. 18. Now we could buy cigarettes. True. <laughs> and we could vote. We could go to war and die for our country.
0: Yep, and we are back. It's been two weeks. It has Some
1: crazy things have been happening with us, have they not, Brian? (laughs) A
0: plague on both our houses. A plague
1: on both our houses.
0: But uh, it's good to be back.
1: It is. We have both been ill uh, with different things. I believe you had the flu. Well,
0: um, I was taking care of somebody with the flu. Uh, uh Uh-huh. So, and then you wound up with uh, pneumonia. Pneumonia. During your performance, during of, a
1: production, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: of Robin Hood, Robin Hood, mm-hmm. stuck with it, mm-hmm. no problems and there. This and is
1: a performance where I had to sing. Yes, so you had to <laughs> sing was... and play the lute you and opened... have pneumonia at the same time. Yeah,
0: you opened and closed. So mm-hmm. there's dedication, folks. Yes. That's the way that that works. <laughs> but. Of course, with us being uh, sick and dealing with sickness, that knocked us out a couple of weeks. However, we are back to give you a triple shot of What the Dead, so that we're going to have a lot to talk about, because we're going to talk about three shows. But before we get to that, let's talk about some of the trailers that have popped up the last couple of weeks. First of all, of course, the uh, trailer that broke the internet, the- uh,
1: Infinity War. Infinity War. Infinity War, War, yes.
0: And that's going to be to promote the early ticket sales, which Mm -hmm. began breaking all kinds of records, highest opening ticket sales beating even black panther although with wakanda and black panther being act three of infinity war at least it seems to be from looking at the trailers certainly that's no knock on black panther in fact i have a feeling that a lot of the ticket sales are being bolstered by the strong showing that black panther's had in the theater in fact this week is the first week that black panther was not number one wow has been number one since it started. So what beat it this week? Uh, Pacific Rim.
1: Oh, I didn't but even I know will... that was coming out, Brian. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: the new Pacific Rim movie. Although I have to say, it, it didn't beat it by much, mm-hmm. which tells mm-hmm. you something. There have been a lot of uh, movies I thought might have been able to knock Black Panther off that number one spot, and I would have thought it would have been a movie that had maybe a bit stronger showing, mm-hmm. but to be honest, if... If this movie had gone up against Black Panther any other week, probably wouldn't have knocked it out of the top spot. Yeah. But Black Panther has been doing... Extremely well, obviously. Obviously, and still making money. You and know what? I
1: think people might just be ready for more. I know I'm ready for more, Princess Shuri. So, oh, yeah. bring and on Infinity War for me. And oh, <laughs> you yeah,
0: know, there, there'll be certainly be a lot of that. Shuri showed up in the trailer, yes, which was really exciting because I have a feeling that the gem she was looking at in the hologram was the Soul Stone, right? And so it seems that the Soul Stone, the last stone, is going to be. It's going to be the last stone for Thanos to get. And so, from the trailer, it looks like he's managed to pick out the Power Stone from the Nova Corps. He'll go after the Space Stone that's in the Tesseract. And there's that moment where you see him smashing the Tesseract to get the Stone. And so, obviously, the next Stones to get will be the Time Stone, which is in the Eye of Agamotto, the Mind Stone, which is in the forehead of Vision, and then, finally, the Soul Stone. And that should be... That'll complete the glove.
1: Now, you were telling me something interesting that I didn't know about. That in the comics, Thanos was doing all of this to impress his girlfriend.
0: Yeah, he wanted to basically to become the consort to death itself.
1: And he has a crush on her and he wants to impress her.
0: Exactly. So, uh,
1: But in this movie, in the cinematic universe, they've given him, I guess, a little bit more duty. <coughs> Maybe he feels like he has a duty to the...
0: Well, to he, the universe, what's, or... it's interesting. They kind of give him a, a backstory similar to Jor-El in, in Superman, which is he sees a, a catastrophe coming on with his planet Titan. Thanos discovers that there's a catastrophe coming that's going to destroy the entire planet unless they're able to eliminate some of the life on that planet. They have to kind of thin things out. They're kind of in the same situation that we're here on Earth mm-hmm. and overpopulation and that sort of thing. Uh... So what happens is they, don't, they ignore him, and this catastrophe happens, and his planet is destroyed. He is the last of the Titans. And so he sees that this catastrophe is spreading throughout the galaxy, and the only way that he knows to save the universe is to eliminate half of the life in the universe. And by doing that, he'll be able to save the rest of it. And so,
1: So they've given him this kind of sort of noble goal, in his own mind, mm-hmm. a noble goal.
0: So you kinda you understand why he's doing it. It's not just that I I'm trying to impress this really gothy girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he has that that motivation and of course the power of the infinity stones will give him the ability to do that. There's not a villain in the Marvel universe that's had as many years as Thanos has had in in developing this character since the first Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. When we we first saw Thanos, of course, in the the Mm post-credits and then seeing uh, bits of him in other post-credits of the second Avengers movie, he was in the post-credits. And of course, he shows up in Guardians of the Galaxy.
1: Like, and I've been saying it for, uh, gosh, over a year now that I worried about this movie just becoming an absolute mess, a horrendous Bosch painting where there's just way too much to take in, and Mm -hmm. with too many characters and everything, but the trailer really helped me out with it, getting in those little jokes, those little digs, and, uh, you know, love the fact that Cumberbatch and Downey are going to be in this together, the two Sherlock's.
0: Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun to watch, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, there's going to be a lot of great moments in this, in the movie, definitely, and I'm certainly looking forward to it, and of course, now we're getting it a little bit early, so we'll get the end of April. Part of that had to do with that they didn't want to have this movie bumping up against Solo. Right. But there's another movie that's going to be appearing about the same time that I'm also looking forward to seeing, which, of course, is Deadpool, Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2, yeah. And we see another trailer. We uh-huh. saw a trailer for Deadpool 2. Deadpool was the leader of X-Force, Cable being the, the other leader. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how much you know about Cable, but he is I know f-
1: that he is the son of Jean Grey and Scott Summers coming yes, back from the future. Yes, the future, future. Set. Exactly. Thought so.
0: And a very powerful mutant. Mm-hmm. and what I really like about the Deadpool trailer is you get a lot of the flavor of what we're going to see, but it doesn't give anything away. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that we know is there's this mutant kid that... It's
1: kind of Terminator, yeah, isn't it? You well, know,
0: kind of a Terminator, Terminator situation. Terminator situation, yeah. Yeah, the Cable's, uh, cable's trying to, yeah, cable's to kill trying this to, kid. Yeah, Cable's trying to kill this child. Mm-hmm. There was a a reshoot because they wanted to bring in a secret cameo. And there's been huh. a lot of guessing about who that might be. I can't wait to see who that is. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of talk that it's going to be uh, Patrick Stewart. He's coming in as Professor X. And, ah. and you do see mm-hmm. in the uh, trailer, Deadpool in Professor X's wheelchair doing <laughs> d- you know, doing, doing spinnies, yes. d- doing donuts. <laughs> and, you know, it could be Hugh Jackman. There's been a lot of talk about maybe Hugh Jackman coming in and doing a, a small bit, which mm-hmm. would be fun. But... Whoever it's going to be, they didn't want to tell anybody. They said, oh, this is too good. We can't tell you. Wow. Now, since we are talking about trailers, I just want wanted to bring this up for a moment. Is There has been some talk online that we haven't gotten an Aquaman trailer yet. Oh, well,
1: it doesn't come out until December. I exactly. Mean, it's, it's pretty and early.
0: James Wan came out and he explained that the reason he hadn't put a trailer out yet was that this is a movie that has a great deal of special effects that need to be put in. Oh, yeah, there. better. And, and he doesn't really have right now enough good scenes to put a trailer together. And he doesn't want to put a trailer out unless it's perfect. He right. wants it to be absolutely great. And I certainly get that, especially Mm -hmm. with Warner Brothers right now. They can't afford to have a really crappy looking trailer and people seeing that and going on. And automatically,
1: you know, don't don't even want to give it a chance. Exactly. But on top of
0: that, with everything that we've just been talking about with Deadpool, with Avengers, Infinity War coming out. You know, you throw a trailer in the middle of that, it's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Right. People are not going to remember it. And if you're going to release this trailer, you definitely want to release it in a time where the movie's not that far off, but also that it'll be able to bolster the excitement Mm -hmm. for the movie. Because it desperately needs it, because the DC movies have been making less and less money as they've been going along, and they really need a solid movie to turn the franchise around, because with all the talk of Shazam and the costume, and people hating the heck out of it... And
1: Sad, yeah, well, Chuck. I think one of the
0: I think one of the biggest problems with the costume is they rushed this movie to such a degree that and I forget who the who the actor is who's playing Shazam it's
1: Chuck. Um,
0: they rushed this movie and they didn't really give him enough time to to hit the gym and work out and build up. Mm-hmm. And so this costume has a lot of fake muscle on it, mm-hmm. which looks terrible. I mean, it looks so bulky. It looks so Mm -hmm. goofy. I mean... It looks
1: like the Sky High uniforms, which I loved Sky High. And I will sing its praises, you know, as the day is long. I loved Sky High.
0: But the problem is, there's a reason why they have these actors work so hard and build up muscle mass to play these heroes because natural muscle it there's a movement to it as you're moving your arm your biceps swell up at certain points they expand at certain points if you just make a latex muscle it doesn't do that it obviously looks fake and it makes the the costume look really bulky and looks really like a fake doll. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like an action figure. and If
1: that's what they're going for, you know, cool. I don't know if it is what they're going well, for. Well, I
0: wouldn't think that'd be a good idea to go for something like that. Okay. You, want, you want the character to look real. Mm-hmm. You don't want him to look fake. You want him to look like he actually has those muscles. Because it's one of those moments that it'll take you out of the movie if you're like, this is obviously a fake costume. Mm. These are obviously fake muscles. Mm-hmm. It'll completely take people out of the movie and that's going to be a problem because the thing about it is here's the problem if black adam played by dwayne the rock johnson uh he's not going to need padded muscles (laughs) in any he's definitely got enough muscle of his own that he'll he can fill out a superhero costume or a villain (laughs) costume and the problem is if you put the rock with real muscles next to that costume with fake muscles it's going to look even worse Because it's going to be really obvious at that point that the muscles are fake. And so, hopefully, they're going to be able to fix this in some aspect. But that costume has really put them... So many people have complained about it. And I can understand why. Because, yeah, it looks fake as all get out.
1: Mm -hmm. It's pretty
0: bad. And so, with that said... Now we're off to what the dead. What
1: the dead? Yes, we got a
0: triple shot of what the dead. Three episodes
1: to cover here. So yeah, so forgive me if I get the episodes mixed up, guys. Uh, yeah, we are. Kind of uh, we're gonna.
0: On. We're not gonna lie to you. We got cheat sheets. <laughs> yes, and so because there is a lot of stuff <laughs> Lots going, going on. on. So the first one, uh, dead or alive, or and of course we start out with uh, the people who are fleeing from Alexandria, having mm-hmm. to cut through the woods. Uh, we have Daryl and Rosita and Tara and Sadiq, but we also have Dwight in tow. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a lot of issues. of Tension. We, a I lot of guess tension. With
1: Tara and well, yeah, Dwight. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, mm-hmm. Dwight killed her girlfriend. Yeah. So she's not all yeah, that happy so with him. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of this tension. And Dwight tells him that there's a shortcut. The saviors aren't going to be looking for him because it's too dangerous.
1: Right. Stay out. Stay out
0: of the swamp. Tara makes a point, then why are we going through there? It's like, because it's the only way through. And I will, and this is going to be something that I've, I've said a few times, and I'm going to, I think as we go through these episodes, I'm going to be saying it more than once, because although I am a fan of the show, I mean, I'm willing to admit when the show goes off the rails or it does something that I don't think is effective. Mm-hmm. And one problem that I've seen, and, and again, it's going to be something that's going to be, something we're going to see in more than one of these episodes is that we seem to have different characters having the same conversation over and over again. Mm -hmm. And we're having this conversation in the woods with Tara about who can we trust? Who can we not trust? Mm -hmm. But then we go up to the hilltop and now we have Maggie Maggie
1: and Michonne having the exact same conversation. Yeah. We're
0: having this, we're having the same issues with, Mm -hmm. you know, who do we trust? Who do we don't trust? And they're They keep arguing the same point over and over and over again and that can get really boring and get very redundant and they need to kind of move on and start talking about some other things but tara decides she's gonna kill dwight and leads him out into the woods and shoots at him and and of course he has to run off, but they run into some saviors yes. and Dwight basically
1: sacrifices himself. Yeah. Going to, back to where he hates and mm-hmm. just to keep the Alexandrites safe and right. steer them away from them.
0: But, and this is something else that in a sense kind of gave me a little bit of issues with this episode, was Dr. Carson... and And father oh
1: Oh my goodness brian i mean we have talked over and over again about deus ex machina and how much i want you know the god and the machine to come in and fix it so carl comes back to life you talk about deus ex machina in an episode that's their entire journey was just god and the machine brian yeah i mean every turn they it was like
0: constantly over and over again it was like oh god's gonna help us here he's like they find the house Uh, They find the antibiotics for Gabriel's, for sickness.
1: Here's the key to the car. Here's
0: the key to the car. Here's...
1: Just uh, too too convenient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, tons of it. Uh, Father Gabriel, who can barely see, is able to shoot the... Yeah, it's
1: not even subtle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and they're constantly doing that over and over again. And the problem with it is, one, they just ran that thing into the ground. But ultimately, what they did was, they did all that so that... Everything could go south.
1: And they could just punch you right in the it's, gut.
0: <laughs> so they could just basically say... Nope. <laughs> and so that Father Gabriel, after all these moments of... It's like God was working overtime, giving them breaks. Dr. Carson gets shot. He shot dies. right in the
1: face. Gets yeah. Gets shot
0: in the face. And Father Gabriel is captured. And suddenly now he's got this loss of faith. Which... Is the, Another problem that I've been having with Walking Dead recently is that you have these characters that keep vacillating between one thing or the other. Their
1: own convictions
0: and... <clears throat> yeah, doc, uh, you know, Father Gabriel going back and forth with he's a man of faith, he's a man that's lost his faith, he gets his faith back, he, you know, it's just like he just goes between these two poles and nothing really kind of changes for him. And Rick's been doing the same thing with, he's a bad guy, he's a good guy, he's a bad guy. And
1: Let's do this for our future. No, nope, let's kill them all. Let's right. make this work. Nope, it won't work. we got to kill them all.
0: Yeah, and I think that, that that can get kind of boring after a while. Is that when you have a character that vacillates, that doesn't really grow out of it. They don't seem like they've learned...
1: Oh, you know who seems lessons. to be the worst about it is Morgan. Yeah. What, jeez, is Morgan? Is he crazy, Morgan? Because that's fine. Crazy Morgan was cool, or is he Zen Morgan? Zen Morgan's cool too. But dude, pick a side. Be crazy or right. or, or be Zen.
0: Of course, we had that moment where he went all oh, Michael Myers on Gavin, and he's starting to see, you know, maybe that some of the stuff he's been doing has some consequences to it but you know again it's just like he seems like you say he's he's going back and forth between these whether he's badass crazy can kill anybody morgan to peace loving i don't want to hurt mm-hmm. anybody morgan and he keeps going back and forth and back and forth cuz you remember he started out with his big problem was he couldn't shoot his wife even though she had she had turned into a zombie he mm-hmm. couldn't he couldn't kill her and then he went to i, I can kill everybody mm-hmm.
1: because my now my son's dead and,
0: yeah and yeah. So he kind of vacillates back and forth, but you kind of want characters that, yeah, maybe they're exploring certain, you know, different sides of their personality, but you want to feel like eventually they learn a lesson. That at least that the struggle that they're going through, that they're pulling lessons from both sides and that they're not just playing a game of ping pong with, Mm -hmm. with the kind of way that they do things, so... And, of course, we end up with Eugene at the end, who is still working with the saviors, Mm -hmm. although it's pretty obvious that he's playing both sides. Is he the good guy? Is he the bad guy? And it turns out that he inadvertently gives Negan the idea about putting the zombie guts on the weapons Mm -hmm. to spread the virus. From there, we go on to the key.
1: Yes, the key where we're introduced to Georgie. Yes. Yes, the clean, very diplomatic. She seems like
0: what the situation was in Alexandria. Somebody that she, de- she maybe she's not too naive because she does talk about that she's seen some groups that, you know, that there are more bad groups like the Saviors than there are good groups. Mm-hmm. And so I guess she's basically out there taking a tally, but obviously she hasn't knocked on the Saviors' door. Yeah. At all And I wonder if she's going to
1: Well, there's one major problem that I have with Georgie, Brian Is that she won't accept spoken word records And that upsets me Because George Carlin is hilarious And his records are really funny So she should change her policy on music only Well, maybe <laughs> she's
0: got plenty of them I don't know But that's just not her thing But, of course, the name of the show being The Key Which is Georgie gets some albums And gives Maggie this book of, of
1: Medieval plans Yeah And architecture and uh, blueprints. And, For aqueducts and, yes, and things like that. Windmills, Which,
0: as somebody who's read the comics, it seems to me like that this is a moment very similar to why they killed Carl, why they got Simon pushing forward on a lot of things is that what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the communities fast forwarded because in the comics it took them five or six years mm. to get all this, to be able to build all this technology. And they're kind of giving them the cheat codes to okay. do this quickly mm-hmm. so that they can go ahead and get to that part of the story without doing a doing a jump. But I will say this. Again, we run into this issue about now we have Enid who's doing the same Now, it's her turn to have that talk with, can we trust him? Can we not trust Uh, him? mm -hmm. So once again, we have new characters who are are having the same conversation. And so for me, it's like, here we go again. The same... Mm -hmm. We have kind of the same talk going on over and over again. And... I don't know if Georgie's going to turn around and wind up betraying them in the end. I mean, it would It's a possibility, as we just say, because we don't know a whole lot about her. But mm-hmm. yep. I don't know, because it seems like th- I don't think we're going to see her for a while. She said, mm-hmm. you're not going to see me for a whole while. I think they're basically setting up for for something farther on down the mm-hmm. road. But I don't know how far, how much farther down the road. But, of course, the big thing that happened in this episode, of course, was Negan versus Rick. In yes. the catacombs.
1: Oh, the flaming flaming Lucille. Oh yeah. Where Rick suddenly shoots like a stormtrooper, cannot yes. I feet in front of him, he cannot make the shot. No. <laughs>
0: So he basically ran out of bullets, and then it turned into a big fight among a bunch of walkers. And what we expected was going to happen, happened. Which was Rick, who just who was taunting Negan about his great world order. It's like, well, is that why you killed all the garbage people? And now uh-oh. he
1: knows. And
0: now Negan knows. Mm-hmm. And I did think that when Negan escaped, he was going to show back up, and he was going to give Simon the what for. But oh, turns out, no. No. Nope. Because the big monster that Rick created comes to bite Negan on the butt. <laughs> Jadis.
1: Yeah, pretty much it's Simon and Rick's fault that Negan just got kidnapped.
0: But this <laughs> is the other thing I'm wondering about that. Are we supposed to care that Negan's in trouble?
1: Yeah, it's a bit confusing. I'm interested in what happens, and Negan's a great villain. Seeing in the previews, (laughs) Jadis has got him tied up to a a dolly. (laughs) And not even an upright dolly like uh, Hannibal Lecter gets. No, he gets the dolly that the mechanics lay on, and she's dragging him around the garbage dump.
0: There's talk about next week's episode that there's going to be some revelations. Some of the things Mm -hmm. that... Simon had suggested that Jadis knew about uh, what the junkyard actually was, that we're going to kind of get an idea about this coming weekend. So I guess we'll see how that turns out. Of course, now we have Simon, who's taken over.
1: Yeah, that's true. And
0: Simon's view on everything is, kill them all, let God sort them out. And so he, as he leads everyone off to To uh, to Hilltop to do some damage, of course. Then the week after that, last weekend... Do not send us astray.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Which
0: was all fighting all the time. So most of what we see there is tied into the hilltop.
1: It's all hilltop. And... And
0: Again, we run into the situation where now we have Morgan who's being haunted by Gavin.
1: Yep. He got crazy Morgan again. We got
0: crazy Morgan again. So now he's going back to having crazy visions and hallucinations, hallucinations, which I wonder how that's This is
1: the season of hallucinations. You know, we had all of Carl's visions. And now Mm -hmm. even when Morgan was freaking crazy after his wife and after his son, he wasn't having crazy visions Mm -hmm. like this. Now everyone seems to be having crazy visions. Even I would even say Gabriel's having the crazy visions going loop. And feverish and sick and blind and
0: Yeah, so we we have Morgan who's trying to be helpful, but of course Gavin keeps telling him, You know what this is, you know what this is. Something obviously is going on, but we have the saviors attacking Hilltop at night, which I'm not sure why they did that. They have numbers, only because it gives the Hilltop a chance. So I'm wondering if that was a convenient plotting going mm-hmm. on.
1: Or showing how Simon is not... That he's very... He's, he's not a good leader. He's not a good leader. He's not qualified for this. He should have waited until you had the higher ground. You had an advantage instead of just going in.
0: Going back to your point, with the shooting stops, after a whole lot of fighting goes on, we have Simon leading everybody in because he's assuming that since the shooting has stopped that they've run off again. And then they get plowed and, mm-hmm. and get chased off. But unfortunately... unfortunately... Unfortunately, their tainted weapons takes a horrible toll. And so when everybody's sleeping together, some of them start turning, including Tobin, which, of course, we hadn't seen him for a little while. We saw him in little bits and pieces. The whole thing with Tobin being the reason why Carol ran off, because he had feelings for her and she wasn't ready to deal with that. Well, she didn't want him to get hurt. And, of course, what happens is he gets stabbed. He turns pretty quickly. He turns, and, of course, Carol has to stab him in the head and kill him. Although I have to say there were some people who were stabbed that didn't turn so quickly. And I'm not sure why that is. The other problem, too, is... And this is out of the comics, but they kind of changed it. Tara gets shot by Dwight... It looks like in an attempt to keep her from catching a brain pan full of lead from Simon. Right. But the thing is, they know how she got injured. They know that Dwight shot her. They're wondering, did he betray her? And at the same time, well, the Saviors have been treating their weapons with uh, zombie guts. Are they going to kill off Tara thinking, well, she's going to turn anyway. She's a time bomb, yep. And she says, I don't want to live this way. Go ahead and kill me. Dwight didn't treat any of his uh, crossbow right. bolts. Because he wasn't trying to kill anybody like that. Now, but here's the thing, too. And this is something I I should have mentioned when we were talking about the last episode, The Mm -hmm. Key. What I thought was interesting, and I I was kind of curious about how Dwight was going to go. Because Mm -hmm. the truth is, all that he cares about is Negan going away. Mm -hmm. But he knows that if that happens, if the hilltop and Alexandria is successful, he's going to die. And he admitted, he said, I know how this ends for me he's accepted that fate. He figures that that's the price he's just going to have to pay to get rid of Negan. Now, after what happened with Negan disappearing, after Rick attacking him and everything, and now Simon's running everything, if he believes Negan's been killed, Negan is gone. And so the best bet for him is for the saviors to to take back over and to deal with this issue. Things kind of go back the way they are. He gets his revenge on Negan, but, he's still, but he didn't have to die.
1: Mm-hmm. So his loyal, the shift in his loyalty. Yeah, it would well, be best. surprising. But no, it
0: wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprising because he's getting what he wants. He want he wanted Negan gone. Well, Negan's gone, and so the way that ke- that he's able to go on without dying is for Simon's leading of the Saviors t- to win, but. In this episode of Do Not Send Us Astray, we find out that's not good enough for Dwight. Something has changed in his personality. It's not just getting rid of Negan anymore, that he has kind of changed in his loyalties, that it's not just about hey, I, I gotta get rid of Negan, you mm-hmm. guys are the best bet to do this. There's something more going on there. Dwight's motivations have changed and for all the time that I've been talking about, you know, these last three episodes, you have characters that are kind of stuck in a rut of going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, or having the same conversations over and over again. But look at Dwight. Dwight is developing. Mm -hmm, Getting a good
1: arc there. He's Mm -hmm. getting
0: a really good arc there. So the show, when it works, it definitely works. And it's not that this is a problem that they're having across the board, because obviously the issues that are going on with Dwight right now, very interesting and you're definitely seeing a lot of character development where we're not in some of our more standard characters, maybe not so much, but hopefully as these episodes come along, we'll see some development. I don't think we're going to see that much in Morgan. And the reason I say that is because I think that the mindset that he's in now, that he's developing now, is going to be what drives his character when he goes over to Fear the Walking Dead.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so I think they're really kind of setting up the stage for that.
1: Okay. In the previews for next week, uh, noticing that, that we hadn't known up until now that we thought or I thought at least that Simon left Jadis alive on purpose. And it turns out it wasn't that way that she hid and she put blood on herself and she played dead. And they actually thought that she was dead when the saviors left the junkyard. Yeah. So now Simon, who thinks Negan's dead, thinks Jadis is dead. That is going to be something big. When that revelation yeah. uh, happens, is going yeah. to be what no- amazing. Who knows,
0: who knows what's going to happen at this point? Mm-hmm. Because we got next week and then, I think we've got next week, the week after that, and then the third week is going to be the season finale, oh.
1: <laughs>
0: which is going to be played in movie theaters. Did you know that?
1: I did not know that.
0: Fathom Events, every once in a while, they'll do TV show stuff. They'll do like Doctor Who or something like that. But they yeah, are I've doing seen the Doctor
1: Who ones. Yeah. So they're doing
0: a double feature. Basically, what they're going to do is they're going to do the season finale of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. followed by the season opener of Fear the Walking Dead.
1: Uh-huh. very
0: neat so you got that double shot and so that should do it for this week it's good to get caught up just wanted to remind all you geek watchers out there whether you listen to us on Facebook or SoundCloud YouTube or iTunes we want your comments we want your suggestions post them and however that you listen to us and don't forget to subscribe and if you're on YouTube click the notification button so you'll know when we put up new content and so until next time From Andy Petri, this is Brian Hatcher reminding you that we're all geeky about something. Be proud of your geek. See you next time.